to get into the truth in this art. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today I am interviewing a freelance artist, illustrator, graphic designer. Please welcome Uche Uzusike. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. So, yeah. This, this this interview comes out of repercussions. Let's just let's just, let's just put that out there. Full full <laughs> right. disclosure. But uh, right. I think I think we've we've made a connection and a kinship in this chatting before we got started. We have a similar sensibility. I, I think. I agree. I completely agree. So, um, for for those who are initiated and undipped, tell them about your work. Describe your work to the fine folks, and um, and maybe even add in there what do you use to create? Okay, so uh, I describe what I do as a combination of. Uh, digital comic art and animation. So basically what I do is uh, I just essentially I work in just making comedic comic strips uh, and and animating on the side. So I also will add like animations into like the comics that I do and you know just I just enjoy creating things that are like entirely ridiculous is the main is the main point of it. Um, but yeah, I usually use like just you know a regular screen tablet and laptop and stuff. I do it from home, you know like, yeah. Very simple stuff, but it's like, you know, I've been doing it for a couple years now and it's like, you know, just familiarizing myself with like different programs and stuff to kind of make it as convenient as possible. But yeah, it's very, really, really just like the whole comic and animation scene for me. So I think I have a, a grasp of it, but I want to ask you, I want to, like, ultimately with, with these things, like, you can read over someone's bio, you can look at interviews, like, I was web-stalking you, and you don't even know it. Really? <laughs> I mean, literally, when I bring with a guest, it's like, yeah, I've been researching you for, like, two hours, like, uh-huh. of other interviews, it's like, how is this person? Do they suck? You know, like, right, right, right. <laughs> there'll be questions like that, so it may be things that feel like, obviously I said that, but, so, what is... As a creative, right? Uh-huh. What is more important to you, um, the style or the idea of something that you're producing? Ooh, ooh, ooh. definitely the idea. I think the idea comes first. Mm-hmm. Um, the style is like a garnish. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that there are a lot of comics I like that are really stylistically simple, like they're stick figures, maybe. Yeah. You know, but the idea is so good. And those are the ones that make me laugh the most are the ones that like I have the strongest attachment to because yeah. the, when the idea is really good or like the joke is really good, then like it, you know, it doesn't matter necessarily what the art style is. But like if the style is really well done yeah. on top of a really good idea, that's when it's like the best. But for me, for making stuff like the idea has to come first and like. You know, there are comics that I did a long time ago where it's like the style was not up to par at all. But like I go back and I'm just like the idea was so good (laughs) that I really want to redo it. And that's why I see a lot of like comic artists redoing comics because the idea was there, but maybe their skills weren't where they want them to be. And so like the style just comes secondary. But the idea is like what really solidifies something is like I need to make this. Let me guess. I'm going to take a wild. I'm going to take a wild swing and miss here. You're an air sign, right? I'm what? You're an air sign, aren't you? I th- I'm not entirely sure. I'm a Virgo, so. Oh, shit. Yeah, I don't know. Sorry. I wish. Is that another sign? I don't know. Nah, I'm not well versed in this stuff. I don't no, know. No, no, no. <laughs> the reason I ask, and in, in, turn, in turns, how we're, we're a terrible group of people that cares about astrology. But um, the, what you were saying, what you were describing is exactly advice I've given to people. Really? I was like, yo, Jesse, if you have the idea, the idea is solid. Build off of that. Even if you draw something that, or have something drawn that's not quite where it needs to be, get it out there. Yeah. And then you redo it. And it's like, so now I'm really going off page here, but 
I'm a fan of adaptations, mm-hmm. and people really get butt hurt about it. It's like, well, this is not the art I was expecting. It's like it's an adaptation. It's gonna be. It's gonna take maybe from this nugget of thought and maybe turn it into something bigger. Maybe turn it into this format, or maybe add this to it, or put it in a contemporary sense. Because right. if you go back long enough, comics are racist. And <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, if you Very. go back period, not even long enough. Yeah, uh, yeah, ten years, twenty years. And, and, last and, week. Right, <laughs> sexist, racist, homophobic, all of that, and and people don't really people get butt hurt when it comes to adaptations, and that's the way I kind of view it. Like the comic I was telling you about before we got started, mm-hmm. it may not be the style I want, and because I'm kind of even. It's like I think in terms of what I like, if it's done well, it's like this is a good premise. It's like the art can't be so far away. Yeah, but if it's just like really great art, it's like this is some thin writing. Yeah. I get really upset. It's like, you've wasted it. Right. Because you can do so much with good style, but the idea behind it is really what is really what does it. And I think that if you take something like, for example, if you take like the Boondocks, for example. Sure. If you go at the, like, look at the original, like, Aaron Magruder comic strip, it's very simple. The style is not as, like, you know, all, you know, perfectly polished and anime-esque as it is in the, in the cartoon. But the thing is, the idea was there. All the ideas were sound, the ideas were strong, and you have a simple style. But then when people pick up on how good the ideas are, that's when someone can be like, I want to do an adaptation of this. And then they can bring in the big bucks and do all the like stylistic stuff. Yeah. But that wouldn't have happened if it was just like really good, you know, boondocks yeah. finished style with no concrete ideas behind it. Be a mixtape rapper, if that makes sense. Like, mm. showcase ultimately why somebody should care about what you're doing, mm. and then uh, you blow it out. So, like, you know when people talk about, like, man, your mixtapes were better, and yep. then when that album drops, it's like, eh, you got a bigger budget, the beats are better, but you're not hungry. Exactly. Like, the yeah. soul isn't there. The yeah. soul isn't there. You have, the like, the flashiness. You have all the, you know, all the, the big, you know, finished things that you want from a professional production, but you don't have, like, the personality because you overloaded it with all the stuff that should be in a finished product. And I think that that's a danger of, of any form of art, really, is that when you do it the way that you think is supposed to be professional, you sometimes lose the stuff that comes from necessity, which is just a good idea and a desire to make something, you know? That, that's one of those things, like, I've been, um, what is it, uh, I think it was, it's one of the Robert Greene books. It's not 48 Laws of Power, but it's one of the other ones. And they, they were talking about um, the former, um, I think it's Michael Eichner, the former uh, head of uh, Walt Disney. Oh, right. And his, his thing, he had this memo, this infamous memo that went out about, you know, how to make movies. And it was, and it was effective, by the way. Mm-hmm. It was like, have your premise. Premise first. Premise that people can get, and then you kind of build from there. Right. So it shows you it's important. And people are exactly. like, uh, you know, eh. Have a star, <laughs> mm, no. or or have you know it doesn't it doesn't work. Um, so how did how did you get started? You, you touched on you've been doing it for for a few years at this point, right? So how'd you get started? Yeah, um, well, for comics, I've been I've been making like comics since I was a little kid. So I, I think the first time I can remember sitting down and making a comic was maybe the second grade. Mm-hmm. Um, after school, just like at night, I was at my dinner table just with. Like a sheet of loose leaf yeah. and like a one of those erasable pens. Remember those things? Yeah. Terrible choice, but I used it. Uh, and, <laughs> and I uh, I did a little comic, and it was like I was the I was the main character, of course, because ego. Um, <laughs> you know how kids are. Yeah. Uh, and and um, I was like a superhero or whatever. 
And I did like a little origin story and like I went and like saved some of my friends from this evil villain yeah. who was like the evil version of whatever power I had in the comic. Um, and I brought it to school the next day and I was showing my friends. And they were like, whoa, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, it was obviously not good. But like, <laughs> you know, you're a kid. like it's like you're a kid. Nobody's nobody's art is good at that age. So I was like, you know. Um, but I saw how happy it made them. Yeah. And I was like, how how happy they were to see a character who was supposed to be them in yeah. a story. And like, you know, seeing all the stuff that reminded them of things that they watch on TV and cartoons and all that. And I was like, this is so cool. And I just kept making them. Um, and at a certain point, I kind of like fell off the whole comic making thing. Like sometime in like, like middle school, like late middle school, I think. Or like, yeah, like high school and stuff. I wasn't really making comics as frequently. Um, but then, like, I got to college, and you know, there were just there was just so much material. Uh, <laughs> As it is, <laughs> uh, yeah. And I got into I got into digital art like a little bit of the way through through college, and I was just like, this stuff is so fun. Like, I, you know, a couple friends of mine bought me a tablet for my birthday, That's and they were like, this you need to be doing this. This is something you need to be doing. And I started getting back into comics, and you know familiarizing myself with digital art yeah. and I got back into the the comic making thing um, and I was in school for psych at the time for yeah. psychology and I graduated and um, I was still just making comics on the side you know had an Instagram and like you know I had some people following for like my comics because I was posting regularly and then um, you know the uh, unspecified virus that shall not be named happened. And uh, <laughs> I just had a lot more time, you know? I had a lot more time. And Cole I was Voldemort. Just, yeah, Cole Voldemort. And I, was, <laughs> and I was doing just like more comics and like, you just like, I had a lot more time. And then just like, you know, it, I feel like it just kind of took off during that time period where it was just, it became, you know, my thing. It became my main thing. And it, you know, I just, it just, I just kind of lucked out in that way. And so comics are just like part of my life now. That's great. And I, I will say I was one of those friends on the side of I, I've always because I, I do it on the low. Right? I don't mm -hmm. really broadcast it, but it's more of a point of clarity, I suppose. Um, if someone's like, I'm interested in this or I'm doing this and they may not have the thing there. It's like, well, my job is to nudge you in that direction. So I had a friend who was like, yeah, I'm going to you know, do this, you know, Inktober and all of this. I was like, oh, oh yeah, you're, you're taking an interest in illustrating. I bought one of those freaking tablets. I was like, here you go. And then never use it afterwards. What? I was like, you suck. And Man. as a person who has that kind of similar comic story, art story in mm. middle school, I may have had a comic. Ooh. That was a pastiche of Wildcats from Wildstorm back in the day. Oh, my goodness. And it was called Savages. Savages. And it was such a ripoff of, like, X-Men. Isn't it always, though? At that yeah. age, yeah. everything's derivative. I mean... It, it was it was just... I just remember I was sitting there, and I was, like, working on... Because I was doing the coloring, the, the whole thing, right? The story made no sense. <laughs> Does it ever? <laughs> and, and, and I remember a teacher saw it, and I was in one of these spots where I would finish my tests early uh, to draw. I would take the B. I would take the B. I was <laughs> like, I know I'm going to get a B. I have uh, one of those memories. I don't read anything. It's just like, I'm just going to remember it. That's just what it is for me. That's you're, always been that You're way. literally me. Cool. <laughs> so I was just like, all right, 
I'm gonna take this B plus and I'm gonna work on my comic. And right. in previous times, I remember I drew this. I used to um, sell pictures of Wolverine. In oh class my god! Yes. For like fifty cent. And the hustle, <laughs> the hustle. So, I am blown away. So I'm working on this. I remember like the other day, like that week, she saw me draw. She threw my thing away. I was like, "Yeah, you throw my money away." I want Yo. real black. And she really, she really, she really tanked your business for no reason at all. So I'm doing this comic, and I'm like, "Look, you ain't taking this one." So she took, she's like, this is really good. I was like, no, it's not. And <laughs> she got it laminated and she was telling all of the teachers, she was like, we have an artist here. And she got my thing laminated. She got, so I have, I think I have maybe a couple of the pages cause it didn't really stay, stay together. Uh-huh. But I still have a couple of the uh, pages of this like proto Rob comic in oh, my, um, so in my art bag. I have this art bag that my grandmother made for me. That is so cool. So I was one of those guys where when you have someone, whether it be family, whether it be friend, that see like you have an interest in something to be able to give you that nudge, whether it be in providing you with the resources to do it or more information, things like that. I think that doesn't happen enough. And, and I, don't, I, I don't want your vantage point. I don't know if that happens enough right now where people are like, you know what? I'm going to nudge you and you do whatever you want to do with it. Yeah, it doesn't happen enough. And I think that a lot of it comes down to, you know, thinking of things that are quote unquote viable, Mm -hmm. things that are. Can you monetize this? Yeah, can you monetize this? Because um, for the most part, if if you if I had gone back and I had looked at the, the stuff that I was making back then. There, I, that was not going anywhere. That was not, you know, and, you know, I, everyone gives their parents flack for, like, not believing in their dream and everything. Uh, and, you know, at that time, yeah, and at that time, I was like, I was like, you guys aren't supporting my passion. You guys are supporting. I look at the stuff I was making, and I was like, if I were my parents, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been like, this kid's going places. No. I don't know why when you say you guys aren't supporting my passion, I saw, like, the emo swoop over your eye. Yeah, it's like, it's not a phase, Dad. Uh, right. It's like, put your fans away. Yeah, oh wow, I called out. Uh, but <laughs> geez, yeah, nah. Um, but like you know, at the time it wasn't it wasn't good per se, yeah. objectively. And so like I can understand like them kind of being like, this isn't going to make you money. Mm-hmm. But like those people, those friends, those teachers who see it and they're like, you have something here. Those people really do save you in a way. They save yeah. your life. Like they they're like. They keep you going. They're like, am I doing this for any reason? And of course, you have to have that intrinsic motivation to want to do it. But the you know external validation of having a friend whose opinion you value say, this is really good. You should keep making this. It's like you go home and you you get like a second wind after yeah. like the battering of like you, you're going to be a starving artist, yeah. blah, 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 blah. You know, you you get somebody who says, this is great. Yeah. I want to see more of this. Or like somebody says, oh, I have this idea. I want us to work on this comic together. Or like, you know, there's this ridiculous <laughs> joke. Yeah. Or like I have this ridiculous joke. I would love to see how you draw it. You know, all of that. It's 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 really crucial because it's like for a kid, especially. Yeah. You know, let kids have imagination. Don't tell kids that they can't do something because they're not going to make money. Because money means nothing to a kid. Don't be a dream at that killer. Point. Don't be a dream killer, especially at that age. I was like, the most money I need right now is a dollar and twenty-five cents for an iced tea. That was my <laughs> that was my financial plan. Uh-huh. So somebody telling me, hey, your dream is useless because you won't be able to afford a mortgage. 
What, what, what is this expensive iced tea you're drinking? It's 99 cent, my guy. Like, what are you ah, doing? In high school. Arizona, they were, sir. Arizona. They, they were price gouging. They only had that Nest tea stuff. <laughs> you're sliding me a quarter because I get a piece of every iced tea that's being sold to, to uh, aspiring artists. <laughs> right, of course. Uh, they were uh, they were like... Uh, big tea? <laughs> yeah, big tea. This is all a, it's all a conspiracy. I should have known. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, like all of the all of the stuff with with you know just support. It's like you get it where you can when you're that age because mm-hmm. you know every kid is doing a bunch of stuff that they're forced into and stuff that they do to just because they're bored in school. You know, yeah. So it's like to have somebody say, "Hey, that thing you're doing on the side is kind of cool." It's kind of like you need that. And, you, and I think also to go along with it, you you need just one of those people that when you need that rebound, when you actually are going after it, and mm-hmm. then you take that hit. Uh, like you take the hit from a person that actually may matter because, you know, artists obviously are sensitive about their shit. And when you take that hit from someone that may be able to move you and fast track you into a space where you're around other artists and you're able mm-hmm. to collaborate and learn, what's your process about? How do you do this? Even as a kid, like I go by the school of the arts. I'm like, wow, you guys are actually artists. Like I am barely anything and I kind of like see it it's like okay yeah you're actually doing something you're committed to this mm-hmm. but when you run into that spot where it's like I don't think you're the material for this blah blah yeah. blah you also need that person that's around whether it be your friend or whether it be a relative or just someone that's just there to help you pick up those pieces yeah. because it could be a lonely road yeah I have there are several people that stand out in my mind um, my friend Matt uh, I like I told you I, uh, for college I was studying psychology. Yeah. So like I was nowhere near any art courses. I didn't take a single art course the whole time I was there because it just didn't fit in my in my curriculum. And Matt was an animation major. Mm-hmm. So he was like he was mingling with the other artists. He was doing all this, and he was just like, yeah, there's like this animation club, and like there's you know you can come and meet these other artists and like do all this stuff. And, like, we've stayed in touch and, like, you know, he was just like, it doesn't matter that this isn't your major. It's something that you obviously love. And if you keep being consistent with it, you know, then it could be something for you. And he would keep, like, giving me tips on digital art and he would keep checking on me to make sure I was drawing stuff. And, like, you know, (laughs) he would send me, like, openings for, like, you know, jobs that I could do. And, like, uh, do you know those, like... Those like really like shitty YouTube mm-hmm. animation channels. Mm-hmm. So I applied for one of those, and I got rejected <laughs> by one of them. Yeah, that that was a blow. That I almost put the pen down for good. And, <laughs> and I was like, back to mixtapes, right? <laughs> I was like, man, like, I guess I'm, guess I'm, yeah, I guess I'm trying to make a mixtape now. Uh, and <laughs> and Matt was the one who was just like, you know, he was the one who was like, hey, let's get your head back on straight. Yeah, let's refocus. Not everything is a reflection of your skills or of the quality of your work. And he was just like, you know, and he was one of those people who has just been there and is just like, hey, you know, keep doing what you're doing. You know, like, like stay the course because, you know, like when you're when you feel when you have somebody who has that like opinion that matters and they're like making sure to check on you and keep you, you know, keep you focused. It's like you can't really lose because they're like always there to make sure the hits don't really keep you down. That's true. So, so two things in that, that that came to mind. Like, I think if you have an interest in something, you're not really able to satisfy it. Whatever you do, you go into begrudgingly. You mm-hmm. always try to go back into it. So you might go to a desk job that you're, you're counting staples. You're like, how can I animate this? It's like, right. you, you should be an animator, you right. know, instead of trying to count staples or the, the other thing. Um, and I think I lost the other thing, but 
I, I think it's when you run into that situation, it's, yeah, when you run into that situation where you're, you're taking that hit from somebody that matters or an institution mm-hmm. that matters, I think when it happens. So, like, I, I know people personally and not anybody, I've, well, some people I've talked to in here, but that they'll talk about the whole rejection process of applying for grants and things mm-hmm. like that. And it just takes that energy away from them. And I can even say from my own standpoint and looking for grants to, to fund this and looking for opportunities and things like that, when you just get that rejection without any context, it takes a hit. And you're like, yeah, you know, but you have to, I, I realize it in my thirties and I have a little bit more formative scar tissue around me. Like I still, I'm great. And right. some people, when they're like super young, super high achieving, they're just like, that's a sign early yeah, on. Uh-huh. That I should quit while I'm behind. Yeah. That's the, that's the thing. So it's just like, you know, people like just recognize like being in that community is important. Having mm-hmm. that sense of community or that person that, you know what, you're, you're good. You're fine. You're where you need to be at. Exactly. I know it's 12 rejections in a row, right. but number 13, unlucky number 13 is going to be lucky for you. Right. And all you need is one yes sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes all you need is one yes. You can get a million no's. All you need is one yes. I think that, you know, that's that's a valuable thing to remember because, you know, if you quit, you never know when you could have made it. It could have been the next one, yeah. you know? And, and you learn stuff. I think I think rejection is, I, I went through a, a nice little uh, crash course in rejection <laughs> over, over you know, the the indoor times <laughs> the of times. 2020. Yeah, yeah. the times. Uh, you know, like I was, I was at a place where I was just like, I need something creative. I need it to be, and at that point it was like, I needed it to be something that was financially viable. Yeah. Um, just moving forward. And so I was applying to a bunch of stuff, a bunch of stuff. And it was just like, you know, you get rejection after rejection after rejection, sometimes multiple times a week. And then like the worst ones are the ones you just never hear back from. It's it's like job applications. Yeah, exactly. Job applications. You're just like, you're just like, you know, graphic designer here. Uh, you got you posted know. by this nonprofit, <laughs> right? Like just like just, I, I can animate this. Please hire me. Blah blah blah. And then they just nothing. And you're just like, man, am I that bad? You know? I, I remember I so I had this period where I needed to just like step away from from things here for a little bit and just kind of get re-energized. And and, and that's mm-hmm. actually a question I have for you about where you get your peace from, right? Mm-hmm. But I had to go back. I, I had to leave here for a bit and just like leave for a week. I went to Rhode Island and kind of like the college, I went to Providence and mm-hmm. just kind of hung out up there. But on the way up, you know, you check your email and I just saw like four rejections just come over back to back to back. And I was like, yeah, I just need to get away from this stank for a little bit mm-hmm. and then get re-energized, see some stuff, see what a different scene looks like. And it made me, it wasn't that I didn't love it, but it made me re-engage with it in a different way. Right. And I was like, I needed that r- relief. I needed that, that peace because you know, sometimes you run into people and you know, and it's like, yeah, you taking L's too? Damn, I'm taking right. L's as well, bro. So for you, when you're in that spot, and I don't want to just purely go into this because you have the stuff to talk about, but I at least want to get this feedback from you. Where do you kind of get peace? Some people need to like travel for it. Some people just need to like, I need something greasy. What is right. your situation <laughs> for peace? For peace, I honestly, I, I watch stuff. Mm. Like I watch movies. And I watch TV shows, and sometimes I revisit things that I really love. And yeah. it's like it's not just anything. Like I'm not gonna it's watch. <laughs> yeah, it's got it's got to be intentional. And, and sometimes it's like comfort movies. And and a lot of times my comfort movies are comfort movies because they inspire me in some way. Mm-hmm. And you know when you've gotten rejected 16 times, and then you know you pop in 
a movie that you love and you watch it and you remind yourself why you even love animating and drawing yeah. in the first place, it's hard to be upset that this one person didn't accept you because case in, like the, the point of it all is that you just want to do this. You want to make yeah. stuff. So like, you know, I pop in like a Studio Ghibli movie yeah. or like a, a classic movie or I watch like Who Framed Roger Rabbit yeah, or something yeah. like that. Something something that has me sitting there like, dude, how did they make this? Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and and then you don't really think about that, that, you know, YouTube story time channel that rejected you. You think I want to make something cool. Yeah. And I, and I jump back into working. And like when I work, a lot of times, quote unquote, work is just making random stuff, you know? It, and, and I think that the piece comes from reminding myself that I do this because first and foremost, I just love doing it and I love the result and I love the process. And that's like the greatest piece I can find. That's why you had to go back to you every time. I, I look at Requiem with Dream too. Ooh, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> a villain. Yes. Music as well. Music as well. That's a, that's another big thing. <laughs> Sitting there watching like uh, Cannibal Holocaust. No, Ooh, <laughs> I, I watch Peaceful. a lot of horror movies. Really? I horror, big, horror. big horror fan. Yeah. Do you like Ari Aster? Yes. Ooh, I love Ari Aster. I, I watched VHS '94 yesterday. Oh no, I haven't seen that one. You gotta watch it on purpose. <laughs> you, gotta watch it. you gotta watch it. They're actually well done. They're actually well done. That's what scares me. <laughs> uh, so let's say you, you talked about like things that are kind of like funny to you. Like, how do you? Well, actually. What 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 specific ideas or themes are you trying to portray in your work, and what are like what are they? I guess why are you looking at those themes? Ooh, I like I like the ridiculous. I like mm-hmm. the subversive. That stuff always always kills me. I think that there is a balance to humor. I think there is highbrow makes you think humor. There is lowbrow pee pee poo poo humor. Uh, <laughs> it works. It works. See, see, just saying it works. And I like I like going for a blend of of both and and doing things that are like bizarre, um, and sometimes make you think, and sometimes are just like, just the joke is just haha funny, you know. I you know I'll I'll throw in like a, a really wordy monologue, and that in and of itself is funny because you don't expect. Something it, to get so serious out of nowhere, yeah. uh, or like for some of them, the joke will just be like, like a funny picture of a monkey. You know what I mean? It's just like, <laughs> I, 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 it's like expect the unexpected. I yeah. want I go for like a holistic kind of view of comedy where it's like it is all over the place and it depends on the day. Mm-hmm. And sometimes lowbrow is perfectly acceptable yeah. as a punchline. It's just like it's funny because it makes you laugh. There doesn't have to be a good explanation, you know. And a lot of times I just, my philosophy is I do what makes me laugh mm-hmm. rather than what's relatable. Yeah. Because when something's relatable, a lot of people can go and look at it and be like, ah, I know that. Yeah. But when it's specific to you and it's like something that makes you laugh really, really hard yeah. because it like, it's just something that is personal to you, you'd be surprised how many people will resonate with it more because it's so specific, it's so niche. Mm-hmm. You know, like if I make a very, very specific anime reference, for example, um, people, some people may not know what it is, right? Mm-hmm. But the people who do know what it is, it's gonna hit them like really deep. They're gonna be like, I didn't think anybody else would make this kind of reference in a comic or, you know, use this song from the show that I really like. Um, and it, I think that it helps to build kind of like a rapport with people when they feel like, they're, they feel seen. You yeah. know what I mean? When mm-hmm. something's general, it's like 
you know, people, a lot of people can see it and recognize it, but they, they're not going to resonate with it in the same way. And so, like, I go for, like, the bizarre and specific. I think that, like, you know, like a slice of pizza that's just absolutely ripped for just for no reason. It's funny. Yeah, yeah. Because, and, and, like, someone's like, why is it funny? And I'm just like, I don't know. Picture it. Isn't that funny? You I know? Mean, it's ridiculous. It's it? ridiculous. <laughs> I can't explain to you why, but, like, if you see it on like the page if you see it on like this comic and you weren't expecting to see it you're gonna laugh you know because I mean, you know so that, like this is how i know who my friends are sometimes on what cartoon network show they fucked with oh so i'll, I'll ask i was like Woo. it's like oh regular show it's like, yes, ah, yeah there you go yeah you know it's just i was talking like mordecai the the rigby's like right ah. or you say like uh like you make a my mom joke yeah. and they're like they're, they're just like is that regular show and i'm like thank god right. you know because sometimes you can age people with it but it's it's, it's crossover and i think mm -hmm. that that's what works and i think the adult version of that is that close enough show right so yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's like where are you at and it's like i know i can hang out with you because that's a bit that you get and i think that's right. how you're finding and building community based in that niche thing i think and it goes past just reference humor i think that finding the humor in very specific things that don't have a very obvious punchline are things that show that you know your sense of humor is a little bit more abstract that you yeah, can yeah. find humor in things that aren't necessarily designed to make you laugh mm -hmm. you know and i think that that's a superpower in and of itself is to to take a regular situation and then find what's funny about it yeah. you know and you know I, I like i feel like i resonate a lot with people who do that when people like just roll with something mm -hmm. like you know you'll you'll everyone has that friend where it's like you make a joke and then your friend just like rolls with it. They don't need context, they just yeah. roll with it, and then you guys are just riffing yeah. about this thing. And people come up to you and they're like, what are you talking about? What is the context for this? And you don't even remember. You're just like, we're just riffing, we're just I, talking. I've you know? done a, a podcast for 13 years on that same premise, and uh, I, I just remember we usually have like news stories, and I just remember it was one where, that comes to mind, that uh, it was a guy that wanted to off himself. So it's terrible, terrible notion, right? Mm -hmm. And. I think he was at Petco Park in like San Diego and he mm -hmm. jumped and he fell on a woman and killed her. And I was like, just men, Jesus. just men, typical men, just ruining women's lives. <laughs> so you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So God, even in yeah. that, it's like, that should not be funny, but it's like, this is the angle you took on it. Right. It's like you see something from a different perspective. Yeah. And, you know, and that's the thing about, about humor. It's like, it doesn't always have to land, but it's like, if you can see. What was the attempt? Yeah, the attempt. It's like the attempt trying to see the humor in something. And I think that. You know, a lot of my comics, if I explain it to somebody, it's not all that funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? If I literally walked you through one of my comics and I was just like, this is what happened in the comics. So panel to panel. Panel to panel. Let me give you a breakdown. Let me give you the blocking and the composition. It's just, it's not as funny as just seeing it and just seeing it come together and being like, this is just the joke. It doesn't necessarily have to make sense. It's just like, for example, I have a comic where um, I'm, I'm flying with my friend. My friend flies, he's carrying me. Yeah. He drops me. I'm falling, and then this superhero character comes out, and, it's, and I'm just like, it's copyright safe bird hero Gooseman. <laughs> right, it's this dude named Gooseman, uh. and he, he's like, he, he, surely you'll save me, and I go over him, he's gonna save me. He, he swoops right past me. Uh, because what he was really going after was a slice of bread on the ground. And he picks it up, and he's just like, five-second roll. I splat. You know what I mean? That's funny. And it's just like, there's a very niche part of the internet that is just like a, a fiery rage 
against geese. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where geese are just the scum of the earth. And those are my people. You know, <laughs> I make a lot of goose jokes because I think that I've had personal experience where I think geese are awful. And I'll make and I made jokes about them because like it, at my college, geese were everywhere. Geese yeah. were, you know, they were these ruffians, these evil marauders on campus. And so I made a, a comic about it. That for my friends at yeah. my college, who I, I was like, they'll get it. And then a lot more people than I expected were just like, yeah, we hate geese. And I was like, you guys too? <laughs> and so it just became a running joke. And it's just like something like that. It's like when you're very specific about something, you'll be surprised how many people come out of the woodwork to say, I feel that. You know, that's cool. See, I, I think the version of it where you were describing earlier where it's just like, oh, you're going for something that's referential. Uh-huh. Like, I see that same premise but it's like, oh, that's cab man right there, and he's flying right past me because I'm black. Right, you were. <laughs> I think that's funny, but also it's referential. It works exactly. Yeah. It's it's like just the concept of it. It fits, and you can just you can you can reskin it, and you can yeah. and you can you can reference it. But at the same time, it's like the concept is somewhat universal. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when you add the specifics into it, it it hits a little different than just yeah. making a, a, a regular very open reference because it's like it's one of those things where it's like if everybody gets it then nobody really gets it you know what i mean and it's it's too accessible yeah too accessible to make it really funny when mm-hmm. it's when it's an observational humor where it's like you know everybody gets it like everyone has that experience of like you know watching a show and it makes them cry you know what i mean yeah. but then if you're like i'm watching this show and it makes me like, I'm watching this very specific anime, and it makes me want to join a volleyball team. And so I'm, like, out here, like, playing volleyball in my house. You know what I mean? People are going to be like, I've never seen that show before in my life. I don't know what you're talking about. But the people who have seen that show are going to be like, that's my life right there. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, when you when you get that kind of thing, it like, you know, I feel like it's, it's punchier that way. So I have two more questions before I get into my rapid-fire questions. Yes. So um, describe your... No, this is, I was going to be a troll. Describe your drawing routine. How often do you draw? How many hours? Um, and how do you kind of break up the day? My drawing routine is very sporadic. Uh, sporadic in that what I'm working on will, will vary from, like, hour to hour. Um, it's different now because I actually, like, now that I have, like, a consistent job job, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm, I'm working with, like, Webtoon. So I have a, you know, I, I work for Webtoon, and I have a comic series that I'm working on. So that's more of a consistent every day I'm working on it type thing. But in terms of, like, personal projects, it's just, like, I'll just sit there and I will draw. And I don't, I won't have a goal in mind. I won't have, like, necessarily a finished product in mind. I'll just be doodling because that's kind of, like, my standard state. Yeah. I'll put on music. I'll put on like a YouTube video that I can listen to, or like a video essay or something, and I'll be drawing. Or a podcast. Or a podcast, and I'll be sitting. In there. That was shameless, wasn't it? <laughs> no, it was very, it was very subtle. Uh, and <laughs> like a podcast, and I'll be and I'll be working, and I'll just sit there and I'll, I'll work on things. Um, but before I was working like on my series, it was just like I knew that I wanted to make stuff. I didn't know what I wanted to make. I didn't know how long I wanted it to take. I just knew I wanted to make something. And so my first step was I'm going to get my morning coffee, I'm going to sit down at my desk, and I'm just going to start drawing, and I'm going to see what hits me. And sometimes nothing hits you, and then you're just like, okay, I'll just like do something else for a little bit, and then you'll get back into it, and then something will hit you, you know? And it's just like, I think that's the beauty of it, is that I can go into it without a goal in mind, necessarily. 
You know, I can go into it and say, I want to maybe redesign this character that I drew, or I want to do a draw a bunch of different poses, or I want to, you know, come up with a new character, or I want to, like, I don't know, animate like a, a pig twerking or something. You know what I mean? Just something random. Something random. You can just make it. And, you know, when you get that inspiration, suddenly you, you hit your stride and then, you know, you blink and you've drawn like 10 panels of a comic. You know? I have so many ideas to present to you after we wrap this podcast up. <laughs> but uh, that's the end of my major questions. So I'm going to hit you with the rapid fire ones. What's shaking my constituency? Rob Lee here. And I want to tell you about something sweet. No, no, not just my sweet voice, and you'll get back to the podcast in a moment, but I want to tell you about one of my presenting sponsors for this month, Waffy Waffle. Do you like dessert? I hope you do. Do you like over-the-top dessert waffles? Well, Waffy is right up your alley. Waffy has yeast-based waffles made with love and topped with everything from syrup to sprinkles, you know, the regular stuff, to ice cream and even cheesecake toppings. Treat yourself to something sweet today. Visit Waffy at www.waffywaffle.com and on Instagram at Waffy Waffle. And don't forget to tell them that Rob Lee sent you. I will try my best to do rapid fire answers. So rapid fire, the way that it works okay. is I'll ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Doesn't need any additional context. Okay. Uh, it kind of, look at it like I said what I said. I got you. I got you. Favorite comic? Favorite comic, geez. See, I started off with the hot ones. Oh, man, that's rough. Uh, favorite comic? Like internet comic or? Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll change it because of how your, your situation goes. Right. What is a comic that makes you laugh no matter what? Ooh, that's a good one. So I had to make it better for you. You had to make it more applicable. Personalized rapid fire questions. Okay. Uh, there's this guy on Instagram named Randois, and his comics always kill me because he has mastered facial expressions. All right. That's, that's good. You mentioned this a second ago, and I just added this, added this in. What is your morning coffee? This is going to determine whether we will be friends or not, by the way. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, there is no standard morning coffee. Literally, it is whatever is around, whatever is easy. So I know I'm not a purist. I've literally just I need caffeine in my body right now. It doesn't matter what it is. All right. I know. See, there's a coffee cup right there. Right? I do. I do. I do. That was a flat white, by the way. Oh really? Yeah. Man, I, I drink my coffee black sometimes. I usually uh, next time if you go to sophomore, that's for the Rob Lee. Mm-hmm. Oh really? Uh, yeah. You're just that regular. Yes. Damn. Every every Sunday. Every Sunday, okay. For see, like, for like three years in a row. See, I, I, I like, I'm, I don't get my coffee black because I'm like a, just a maniac. It's just I, I'm lactose intolerant, so I uh, try not to have it with cream. I know. Go, see, the the Rob Lee is a a black coffee. Sometimes iced coffee, usually not. Mm-hmm. Probably a cold brew. That's, that's what you're gonna go. Cold brew, yeah. cold brew, panella, cinnamon. That sounds solid. It is. What's this place called again? Sophomore. I'm going. I'm going. I'll, I'll, get, I'll get the Rob Lee. I'll do it. Yeah. I'll you, do it. You'll, you'll troll the owner, too, because he's like, don't call it that. I was like, oh, it's that. Oh, it's that now. I'll take a picture. I'll take a picture. I'll send it to you. Uh, pizza or tacos? Pizza. Oh, pizza. Easy. You see, your, your man likes to roll the dice, I see. Yeah. I'm lactose intolerant. Pizza. <laughs> look, look, man. Live deliciously. I describe lactose intolerance as the middle child of dietary restrictions because it's often ignored. Uh, oh, there you go. <laughs> Adventure Time or Steven Universe? Oh, Adventure Time. Easy. 
Easy. Sorry. Adventure Time did walk so Steven Universe could run. And granted, granted, <laughs> granted, Rebecca Sugar did give a lot of, breathe a lot of life into Adventure Time. So, like, and I know these are rapid fire, but I no, feel like fun, it needs fun. to be said. No, but Rebecca Sugar did a lot for Adventure Time to make it what it was. Um, but in terms of just, like, first of all, pioneering everything, yeah. like, that came after, like, the 2010s, Adventure Time, 100%. Absolutely. Uh, and I was a late adopter for that show too. And I was like, I love this. Yeah. That was that was one of my kind of feel like like if, if I'm having a bad time, bad day, bad week, whatever, it was it was Disney Channel for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then it just became like Adventure Time. Adventure Time changed my life, I'll tell you. <laughs> now this is the last one. This is the uh, most controversial one. Okay. Podcasts or playlists? I feel like there's a wrong answer here. I don't know if there is. I'd my podcast say, might be on a playlist. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying playlist. It's a catch-all. It's a catch-all yeah. playlist. Mm-hmm. And here's why. Spin it. Uh, I feel like playlists can be. It's a, it's a it's a more general umbrella. Mm-hmm. If I'm feeling classical music, classical music playlist. Uh, shout out to Amalia. Uh, <laughs> if you if you're feeling like really fast jam, something that's really like you know like faster. You know, you have a playlist for that. You have a playlist for like anime music. Mm-hmm. You have a playlist for movie scores. You have a playlist for all kinds of stuff. And again, podcasts. So it's like I feel like it's it's customizable for the day. Yeah. So I mean, my setup is generally kind of like an extended playlist. I use my Spotify liked is a is an extended playlist. Yep. Put it on a shuffle and let it roll. Yep. And um, I I go to points where I had a lot of like um, comedy records on there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, great. And then right after, it'll be, uh, what is it? Vegeta's theme from, <laughs> I was like, yeah, right. let's get it. Ultra Instinct theme <laughs> from Absolutely. Dragon Ball Super. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> so, so, so that's all I have. So I'm going to invite you to um, share to, with the fine folks where they can find you at online, um, website, whatever. Right. So you can find me at Instagram. Which is um, Instagram. I mean, I don't know if anyone types the URL. Everyone has the app. Wow. It's just, <laughs> I was about to say Instagram.com slash. Like, what are we doing? Uh, it's it's uh, web browser. <laughs> right. HTTPS uh, colon slash slash. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, Uchama, which is uh, U-C-H-E-O-M-A-A-A. So it's three A's. And that is my Instagram handle. It's just my name with three A's. I didn't know it was going to be a, a work account. Anyway. Um, and honestly, by the time this drops, my webtoon should be out because um, uh, I'm currently working on my webtoon, which is called Vibe Check, uh, which should be on, again, on webtoon originals by the time this podcast comes out. So you can find me there because that's what I've been working on consistently. It'll be coming out like twice a week. So that'll be up. Um, but yeah, I'm around. I'm, I usually respond to DMs if, if you know. Anybody wants to send me memes, please. Always accepting memes. Wow. I'm begging you. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's basically. <laughs> so for, for, thank you. This has been great. Of course. Of course. This so awesome. for Uche, I am Rob Lee. Yes. I'm Rob. You're Rob Lee. And this has been Getting to the Truth in this Art. Um, saying that you can find art in and around Baltimore. Just got to look for it. <laughs>